All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Pillwood Fantasy Football League podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, how are you, sir? It's good to be back after a one-week hiatus. Yeah. Or a two-week hiatus. I'm not sure how you uh, calculate the math on hiatuses. I don't know. Either way, it's a good SAT word, so... Well done. Welcome back to the States. Welcome back to your chair, Thank to you. the microphone. Thank you. It feels good You're to be back. A little jet lag. Ready to rock and roll? Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, I Sleep has been very abnormal in the past few days, but I'm pretty wired right now, so excited to capitalize. If I crash halfway through and hit the keyboard, you'll know why, but here I well, am. Well, speaking of halfway through, we are now more than halfway through the fantasy regular season. I, I don't know if you know, we played seven games. Hmm. It means there are six games left wow. until playoffs. Wow. Playoffs? Play- playoffs? <laughs> Man, I I was looking at the breakdown preparing for tonight's show. Obviously, it's a big show. Anytime we've taken a week off, the anticipation builds, and I feel like we have to deliver because uh, we've left our fans hanging for a little while. So I was checking out the scope of, of what it's looking like this week, and I got to tell you, here we are midway through the season, and... I don't feel, maybe it's just because I had some divine protection up until this point, and I know that <laughs> some people have been feeling it more so than others, but I feel like there's been a collective bruising as of this past week that teams are no longer looking like the same formidable, strong, solid down-the-board teams that they were of yesteryear. Instead, we're patching together <laughs> like band-aids over most of our teams. The waiver wire is uh, going for uh, higher value than I would expect. The uh, there's a lot more competition in battle for the uh, sleepers slash the the handcuff players that are coming in after injury. And really, there's just a lot of black eyes on teams right now. Care to comment on the overall status? And uh, we got we to gotta point out the fact that last week's scoring was an anomaly. What do you think about this so far? Yeah, there were several significant mid-game injuries last week, which really depressed scoring. Your quarterback you know, only scored like three points. Uh, because he left with an injury, and um, there are you know, many others who were gone in the first quarter, like Terrion Johnson and Will Fuller. And um, yeah, well, last week was a really low scoring week, yeah. um, you know, nearly going under 1,400 points, which is uh, a, a, a certainly an oddity in terms of a threshold. So now that's carrying over into this week with the injuries continuing. Um, it'll be interesting to see if some guys who are out last week come back this week, like uh, Tamara and Tyrell Williams, um, who are certainly significant players for their real-life teams and for their fantasy uh, owners as well sure. within our league. Yeah. Well, we've got a, without uh, jumping too far ahead just yet, this is a very significant week for multiple reasons. We have a couple of big head-to-heads for Squish Factor, which is always exciting. And we also have a couple uh, of make-or-break moments with uh, maybe a Hail Mary thrown in there. And I'm excited to to dive into that. Having missed the week, though, I, I don't want to blaze right into week eight. Is there anything from week seven that you need to call out, bring attention to, specifically within the uh, power rankings? Well, so we saw Derek win a high score of the week in week seven with 187 points. He had monster days from Aaron Rodgers and Marvin Jones. Uh, I think Rodgers had like five touchdowns, maybe six. Marvin Jones had four. Uh, He also had Darren Waller, who had two and went over 30 points. So, um, 
let me uh, just real quick. Let me scan the top scores of the week. Sure. Um, all right. So Latavius Murray scored 34 points, but other than that, Derek had the three highest scores wow. of the of the week in the <laughs> league with with uh, Rogers at 49, Marvin Jones at 43, and Waller at 32. So just massive uh, games from uh, his players in a otherwise very low scoring week. Um, surged him back up to a five and two record and back up the. Power rankings as well, uh, jumping from he was at number nine last week up to number five. Um, and then on the other side, uh, Jared only scored 86 points in week seven. Uh, however, he still managed to get a victory because Andy scored 57 against him. And, yeah. uh, and Jared maintained his spot at number one on the power rankings. And so what that just kind of reset uh, since we were gone last week and, and kind of where we are. Jared sits at six and one for the season. Uh, best record, number one in power rankings. And also somewhat removed from the typical trends of week to week. I'll come in more on that later. Keep going. Sure. Uh, I'm at five and two. You're at five and two. Derek is at five and two. Uh, we also sit number two, three, and five in the power rankings. So um, you're pretty similar there. Brock, is at four and three. By the and way, then, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I, I like the the backstretch down the midline. You know, I'm not not looking to hold the pony right, race up front right. the whole yeah, exactly. latter half. I'll burn exactly. on the, yeah. the last hundred meters or whatever. But yeah, yeah. nothing <laughs> nothing along with catching some drag. Uh, That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got a bag full of carrots that I can cash in for the the, <laughs> the final sprint. So that's right. That's right. That's how it works, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, we, we, okay. we've got fresher tires. Okay, uh, good. For the final good. Lap. Yep. <laughs> uh so then brock sits at four and three and then just to round out the incumbents division uh chris windsor's at three uh, and four and brock is number four in the power rankings chris windsor's number six in the power rankings so uh what that means is the top six teams in the power rankings which is you know tries to do something besides just look at the standings it tries to look at the points scored and relative scoring within the the lead to sort of assert which teams are the strongest, the top six teams all come from the incumbents division, uh, which huh. is which is very interesting. Huh. <laughs> sure is. Then jumping over to the challengers division, it's kind of a, a two pony race um, at this point. Michael and Scott are both four and three. Uh, Michael's got the edge in points scored um, over Scott by about twenty points, um, so it's pretty close. Uh, but then Charles is two and five. He's got five losses in a row. Uh, Chewy is two and five, and uh, Andy and Ben are both one and six. So, yep, it it has Which, been certainly. I'd like to point out the statistical significance of the fact that Andy and Ben were the only two guests to ever appear on TNR After Dark, and they're both one and six. Mm. I don't know if that's a correlation. Definitely, I don't causation. know. Why, <laughs> Carry on, sir. Um, so yeah, so it's really Michael and Scott, uh, unless Charles or Chewy can get really hot, which is possible. Yeah, he's and, got a favorable schedule coming up. Yeah, I mean, you you talked about you know this week being an important one. It's also an important one because it's the last week of interleague play, mm -hmm. where incumbents play challengers, and the challengers division has really gotten beat up, um, as you can tell by the the records, uh, the combined records of the two divisions. Challengers division has really gotten beat up uh, by the incumbents teams. So. Uh, kind of one last chance for the challengers to get a win against the incumbents, and then uh, we just start beating up on each other within our division with uh, you know five games down the stretch, 
within the division. And that certainly opens up more possibilities for the challengers uh, because um, they're able to move up in their division and it kind of pulls back uh, the, the incumbents. Uh, a lot of these teams, you know, where you set five and two, four and three, three and four, it's a lot harder to get to that seven wins or eight wins that you need for um, the playoffs when you're, you're playing a bunch of other uh, really good teams. So it will be very interesting this year to see how many teams from the incumbents get in. The most I can get in is five. Um, right now, that's, you know, that's the way it would happen if the season ended today. Um, but Chris Winter would be the team left out, and I feel like he's stronger than uh, possibly four of us <laughs> in yeah. the incumbents division who yeah. are ahead of him. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out down the stretch. Yeah, I was looking at the records comparing the uh, win-loss and the streaks of the challengers versus the incumbents, and five of the six challengers are all on a losing streak. The only one on a winning streak is a winning streak by one after this week. Yeah, there are three teams with, with three teams <laughs> with five-game losing streaks yeah. that have gone 0-5 against the incumbents. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's... <laughs> It's uh yeah. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> sure is. Well, only one other thing I wanted to point out about this last week was the heartbreak losses because of the low scoring week and just the impact of hope that it is. It is a bummer that I lost to somebody who scored 106 points. Like that that alone is like, oh, it's a low score two, lose two. I only lost by four and a half points. And I could have subbed out, I think, anybody on my bench, let alone Kirk Cousins, who put up 30 points this week, uh, to clinch that victory. But then you look over at Andy and Jared's game, and Andy lost to someone who only scored 86.3 points, uh, even though he barely made half of that himself. <laughs> we'll carry on. Well, three-quarter, <laughs> let's be fair. Uh, and then in the same vein, we have... Charles, who lost to Chris, who scored only 109 points. And so you just have these super low-scoring matches with the significant hope inside. I mean, that's three, four matchups that uh, were close enough to to be this kind of gut wrench. And then you have good old Derek down there who scored in the stratosphere compared to anybody else. The yep. closest person next to him, I think, was you at 150, which is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, that's a good score for the week. So congratulations on uh, being on the correct side of the bell curve this week. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you ended up making it way closer of a game. You only lost by well, four points and change. Uh, I mean, DST. Yeah. I, I, you're going into Monday night down by like 55 points, and you had three players going for the Patriots projected score like 30 points or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it didn't look like it wasn't really that close. And then the Patriots defense just did what they do and they scored 27 <laughs> points. They do what they do. I mean, if, if just, you know, Edelman or uh, Myers had got a touchdown, you would have pulled off the rid most ridiculous yeah. uh, Monday night comeback. Well, I, I thought it was possible. Adam Thielen left the game early and had he not, I, that would have been uh, hopeful. Like a TD to him would have, would have been pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Thielen and Matt Ryan both. Uh, yeah, I mean, if the Thielen, I think, scored a touchdown in the first quarter and then got hurt on the play. Um, yeah, he, he, I mean, he was on his way to a big day. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm pretty beat up and bruised going into this week, and I have more, <laughs> more questionables. And I, this is the first week of the season that the Friday report could make or break me for sure. So, I'm waiting to hear <laughs> who reports tomorrow and who plays. 
We will see. Yep, lots of lots of players missing practice at this point in the season, either for rest or for injury. And uh, yeah, those those practice reports are uh, pretty important as you're getting set the lineups <laughs> on uh, on the weekend. That is correct. So as we are patching up our teams going into week eight, there was some decent action on the waiver wire. I bet, Pete, let me ask you a question. Did you wake up disappointed on uh, on Wednesday morning having bid 19 bucks to pick up Ty Johnson, who is the handcuff to carry on Johnson, the next in line on the pecking order of Detroit? Uh, you got beat out by Chris, who smugly defeated you by an extra five bucks coming in at $24 for the hot ticket item of Ty Johnson. Did you think you were going to get him at 19 or was it just kind of um, an if then for you? Yeah, it was more the latter. I did not think I was going to get him at 19. If I felt like I really needed to get him, I would have gone up much higher. Um, but I didn't feel like it was going to be a true Ty Johnson's going to step in and do exactly what Carrion Johnson was doing sort of situation. Uh, whereas like Latavius Murray last week stepped in and did exactly what Camaro would have done. And I mean, really more because he didn't split the work with anybody. So that was, you know, the best kind of handcuff. Um, so I was really happy picking up Latavius Murray last week. Sure. Um, I didn't feel like Ty Johnson would be the same thing where he's going to step in and, you know, carry 80% of the load for the Lions. So I bid what I felt like he should not go for less than. Um, and it's kind of like if I, if I get beat by uh, on that bid, then uh, someone you know wanted him more than I did, and it was a worthy win. Um, whereas, So I was, I was just kind of setting, here's the minimum he should go for, and, <laughs> and I was kind of setting the market. That's so I, I was okay with getting beat there. And, like and kind of the same thing on, on Kenny Stills also, and he went for 29. So I think this did picked up by Andy. And if I was more wide receiver needy, I would have gone higher on Kenny Stills. Sure. I think that has been picked up. But I've now Kenny Stills just folded into on my team. He would just be like one of five guys who I try to figure out which one to start every week. So yeah. uh, I, I didn't really want the uh, the added headache of trying to figure out which one to start. Yeah, and that's fair. Kenny Stills uh, is going to be in a really sweet spot with lots of upside there with the Texans, Will Fuller being sidelined. He he is a huge producer and him being on the sideline really does boost the value of Kenny Stills. Even though Kenny was not as popular of a bid attack, I think that uh, that's probably indicative of our running back situation in the league overall. Versus yeah, very the much so. But uh, definitely a, and it looks like, you know, Andy came in and dropped the mic on everybody with a $29 bid on him to say, Hail Mary, here I go. Uh, Andy sitting at one and six, looking at statistical elimination likely if he doesn't uh, win and win with some significant points this week. I believe that's true mathematically, if not pretty uh, safe rule of thumb. Would you agree to that? Yeah, he needs to win out and have some good luck to make the playoffs at this point because it's looking like it's going to be a, a you know a seven win threshold to make it into the playoffs, and then you got to have the tiebreaker there also. So for you know a yep. Andy and Ben who are one and six and don't have you know they're not really high up there in the points for standings, they they need to win out and get some help. So I, I wouldn't say completely eliminated but it's very very slim chance of them yeah. making the playoffs at this point yeah well i would like to posit a thought and that is that we have two 
uh, concurrent squish factors happening right now. We have, we have an incumbent squish factor and we have a challenger squish factor. And maybe when we get back into interdivisional play, or that's not interdivisional, that's uh, in well, what is that called? Divisional play. It- Intra, intra, <laughs> sure, <laughs> and and maybe when we get back into uh, divisional play, uh, those things will start to even out between all twelve teams instead of the six by six that we're looking at right now. But this is, I, I mean, dare say that this is fun. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to slam anybody who's not in a favorable position in the ranks, but in terms of what we hope for with week to week drama and no giveaways and no glaringly well i'll say uh maybe one given that uh, jared looks kind of unstoppable right now but <laughs> i mean he just stored 86 points he's not totally unstoppable. that's true that, that's a good point well all i have to say this has been a fun season and uh say what you want to say about the nfl uh at the very least fantasy has been rather entertaining thus far and i've really enjoyed 2019 so far as always. Yeah, I mean, I think we always root for the lead to be competitive, you know, across all 12 teams. Um, and I thought we were off to a good start with that, the, the way the draft went, um, just the way things have broken, uh, especially with like player injuries and uh, performances. It, you know, it has not favored, <laughs> you know, a, a third I, of the I just league. heard Chris yell, it's schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and I, I mean, I heard Chris it from his me- ranch. Yeah, Chris can't even say he's like the most hard luck team anymore. Even though he very well could be seven and zero. I, right. I like, all, you know, there's all four of his losses so far. We'll we'll just continue to count four losses for him all season that could have very easily been wins. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but, but he's probably not the most hard luck team at this point because you know you got a third of the lead that's got a less than five percent chance of making the playoffs at this point, yep. most likely. So, um, even though it's not competitive throughout all twelve teams. Um, at this point, uh, I mean, I think I don't want to be cruel or mean to anyone, but I think that's fair to say. Um, there's still a narrative and there's still a storyline to the season uh, within the, the, the lead, which is always interesting Absolutely. and it makes it fun. And I mean, we're here every year. I mean, these guys are going to be back um, next year as well. And so it kind of makes it fun if they uh, can play the spoiler a little bit as the season winds down. Yep. Totally agree. Well, as you know, ESPN projections just tend to be some of the most take them to the bank, data-driven, precise predictions. Really, the algorithms that ESPN possesses rivals that of Poker Face, and uh, just I'm being facetious. You can you can yeah, start uh, laughing uh, yeah. anytime. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, four out of six weeks that has not been within a hundred points no. of the, the lead scoring. No. So it's it, wild swings all over the place. ESPN. Uh, bless them, they're trying. And <laughs> those two guys have been working hard to provide the very best that Disney, ESPN, and a limited budget have to offer. And we've been ragging on them pretty good, but uh, they have created some tools to help try to us navigate. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the anti-curse information because they are so inaccurate that counting on their projections... Uh, would certainly lead to utter team destruction. However, they do have these weird final standing projections in which they predict uh, wild leaps, including uh, one team's leap from uh, first current rank down to ninth going into the finals, 
Another team's jump from 12th to 4th going into the finals, 11th to 2nd. That one's really surprising, in my opinion. And uh, I've got a couple of questions for I'm going to quiz you on. Can you name that ESPN projection? Uh, okay, all right, so hang on. So you're talking about on the league homepage, down at the bottom, there's this final standing projection thing powered by TD Ameritrade and Fantasy Trends or, or whatever that, this is. Right. Okay, all right, so I, I'm not going to look at it, but... Uh, I've looked at this in prior weeks, and it's total garbage. I, I think I've talked about some in the group. Me just completely disconnected from the current uh, situation, and my power rankings are far superior. I have no doubt. Absolutely, I'm, I'm sure okay. your. I mean, your algorithms rival that of Poker Face, and so I am confident in your ability to accurately and with honestly, what is a surprising lack of bias uh, to <laughs> to uh, rank our teams week after week. So thanks for that. I keep saying it's math. It's literally math. I wrote a formula. It's just math. <laughs> yeah, but you, but, you, but you wrote the formula. You can't teach a computer a random number. I mean, there is a... Yeah, I, I stress tested the formula to try to, to <laughs> turn out something that made sense. <laughs> All right. It's still math. It's math. I haven't changed the formula in five years. That's fair. Well, if it ain't broke... So the uh, questions I have for you is which team, based on ESPN's stellar final standing projection as powered by TD Ameritrade and Fantasy Trends, is going to jump from first plank rank as of draft day down to finishing ninth? Okay, that's got to be Charles, because it loved Charles's um, team before the draft. You're absolutely right. It did, or after the draft. It did love Charles's team, and uh, it does not anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is new like it took until him losing this last week for it to finally drop him ah, out of like the top three like some intern finally caught on and went oh oh what oh we, he's what, lost five in a row we've we been doing probably, uh, him down a little bit <laughs> we forgot to click this button well. <laughs> all right uh there is a team that has jumped from 12 to fourth which is not very surprising but there is also a team that has jumped from 11th to second can you tell me either the latter being one that I consider kind of surprising. Uh, is one of them me? Does that I don't think I don't think like my draft. Uh, it is not. They okay. gave you a a tenth hole spot coming out of the draft. Okay, all right. And, and they've got you finishing sixth place. So congratulations, you're gonna make it to the playoffs just to watch them go by. Okay, good. So I'm uh, I'm five and two with the third most points scored in the lead by maybe sixth place. That's at, right. At the end of the year. Basically, okay, basically, okay. you're gonna win this week and then you're gonna lose out. Okay. Yep. That sounds about right. <laughs> okay. Close okay. All right. <laughs> um. Uh. I'm gonna say uh, Scott would be one of Scott them. is one of them. He jumped. oh Michael Scott and Michael. That's, That's right. You got it. You right. got it. Yeah. So Scott would be the one that kind of surprises me because he's the one who's jumped from 11th to second. He is currently going to take on Garland Gangers in the finals and come out underneath him. But but he's not even leading his division. No. That's why I'm like scratching my head. Can you can you help me understand this? <laughs> I don't know. He's four and three and he's ninth in points stored on the season. So and yet how, he has made a 10 position jump in the power ranking up to uh, number two. Up All to right. Two in the final standing. Congratulations, Scott. Seriously. Powered by TD Ameritrade. And also if TD Ameritrade is not managing Scott's retirement accounts, they should be <laughs> because they love him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You need to get that uh, get that print uh, that out, take it to your local yeah, TD yeah. Ameritrade <laughs> branch, and say, "Yes, I would like this, please." <laughs> does this does this uh, 
this investment return percentage apply to to my four hundred one k? Can we That's can right. convert this? How how much IRA does this give me? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, a team that it has drastically dropped that started in fifth and has dropped to twelfth that it is predicting to be the last place team. This is not a surprise. It might be the only thing that is statistically accurate right now. That would be whom? Andy. The indeed. Well, what's surprising there is that they had him fifth after draft. (laughs) 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 Hope is a fickle mistress. Fickle mistress indeed. Uh, They uh, don't like my team after this weekend, which is uh, hilarious because in one week I went from a green line from fourth to second to a red line from fourth to eighth. Wait, so, okay, I, I gotta just go over and look at it now. Okay, so, all right, it has you at eighth. Right. You're currently five and two. Right. So this says you're gonna miss the playoffs. That's right. Like, you're gonna lose out. That's right. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, let's see, it also has Brock at seventh. Right, which, eh, it's, there, there's a couple of, of middle ground, uh, you know, like, the only one that I would contemplate being inaccurate as Derek's because they have him six right now going to fifth and I'm thinking that might be the only one in the neutral territory that seems a little inaccurate everybody else is kind of believable you would be finishing sixth uh, and uh, Derek and we said fifth and then Jared going from third to first believable uh, unbelievable is is <laughs> yeah I mean, you at eighth yeah. stands out as that's dumb yeah. and then Honestly, Ben at tenth also stands out. Like he needs to be at bottom two because <laughs> it's he's yeah. one and six. Yeah, um, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, so like he's not not doing the tenth. Yeah. Yes. So. so yeah, I mean, this is just I like this is a new fe- quote unquote feature they added, and yeah. I mean, I, I I enjoy the unintentional comedy that it's given. Absolutely, us. and you know this this is more to talk about than the confetti, and I'm pretty sure these are the only two things they've done in the off season. So yeah. Uh, We'll just uh, we'll go with that. That being said, are you ready to take us into the matchups for Week Eight? Let's do it. Lead the way, sir. All right, we'll go over to Jared facing off against Charles. I think Jared has the highest projected point total for the week at one forty nine. So while you know several are struggling to pass together a competitive team this week, he's looking strong. Um, we've got Russell Wilson at Atlanta as uh, a peachy matchup for um, what is possibly the best fantasy quarterback in um, the league. Uh, James Conner and Matt Breida with favorable home matchups. Uh, running back for Jared both look good, um, and I think he's just looking pretty strong across the board here. Uh, after, ready to rebound after a down week last week. Um, Charles has some good things going for him. I think Saquon should be back to full go this week. Uh, Todd Gurley at home versus Cincinnati, who's been the absolute worst defense against running backs. Um, so that's good there. He did a, a great performance from Terry McLaurin tonight, which is a little disappointing. He only scored eight points. I think there was definitely uh, more fruit on that tree for McLaurin, but uh, losing his quarterback uh, during, during the game probably didn't help uh, as well. So Charles could put up uh, some points here. Um, he's got Matthew Stafford at home versus the Giants, and that's another good matchup. There's really a lot of uh, good matchups in, in these two uh, that we've discussed so far, so I will not count Charles out. Um, it's a 
25 point gap in projected score right now. But this could break Charles's way, and it could uh, certainly be a lot closer than that, if not Charles getting a victory. But it's uh, hard to pick against uh, Jared right now. Yeah. You know, the uh, reality is, as I look at these teams, Jared's scary strength right now is that he has dodged, and this is what I meant by dodging the trend of the league, he's dodged the the gloves off injuries that a lot of the teams have been plagued by so far. And I know he doesn't want me to call that out right now, but uh, George Kittle is in a questionable rank for no reason whatsoever. He's just been kind of softening uh, his his rep count and practice routine on his groin. But other than that, he's fine. Uh, David Johnson has not been an MVP of this team at all. He has not been somebody he's relied on. Uh, Valdez Scantling, same deal. Jameson Crowder, uh, not a necessary player on on the uh, uh, the bench. So he may not have reliable depth if something goes wrong, but at this point he's been very much so uh, just safe uh, across his board. Meanwhile, Charles, obviously Saquon Barkley, definitely not being the player that anybody paid for this year based on uh, performance and injury. You have uh, Todd Gurley, same deal. Guy's been uh, stellar in some moments. And then uh, he's had uh, interesting... Uh, drop uh, as the season has progressed. All I have to say, Charles is on a track that uh, the stud choo-choo train has run out of steam, but Jared is full full speed ahead. And uh, I wouldn't just count Charles out for the sake of it, but I'm looking at Jared going... Shoot, he might be uh, with the uh, unless something change, changes on his uh, starting lineup in the form of uh, slowdown or injury or tougher matchup, he is uh, ready to cruise. Yep, looking good for him this week, and that would make six losses in a row for Charles. So uh, hashtag squish. Let's hope Charles wins. Yep, and that would mean that ESPN final standings would move Charles up, I believe, to third place. I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. The the loss would move him up. Right. right. Yep. Got it. I understand the math better. Thank you for <laughs> good. So be sure to update your own algorithm for your power rankings. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that under. Be more modern. What do you say we hop over to a uh, a make or break moment for our dearest brother Andy? That's exactly where I was going to go next. Oh Read God. my mind. Take He's got Kenny, Kenny Stills plugged in there. You know, top free agent. Well done. Good pickup. Yep. He's got Odell Beckham coming back from a bye week. Um, so yeah, I think there are, there's reason to believe that Andy's going to score more than 57 points this week. You know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> He's certainly projected for 124. Derek is projected for 135. Um, maybe there's a bit of a hangover for Derek's team this week. I think sometimes we see that a lot with big scores one week. It's difficult to sustain them the following week. Um, as you know, those players get on film and coaches say, oh, we need to make sure they don't score four touchdowns on us like they did to those guys last week and they game plan for them more. So um, that may uh, limit Derek's team um, to some degree, uh, though Derek still has good matchups from other players who, di- players who didn't go off last week, um, such as uh, Tevin Coleman at home versus Carolina, Juju Smith-Schuster at home versus Miami, and Julio Jones at home versus Seattle in a game Atlanta will likely be uh, trailing and throwing a lot in. So, uh, Dare's team looking pretty good in those spots. 
Uh, I like Andy's uh, position for Kenny Stills and Chris Carson, uh, but it's kind of tough sledding for Odell Beckham and Curtis Samuel, who are on the road against possibly the two best defenses in the lead of the Patriots and the 49ers. So um, I think Andy might have to make a change at tight end with Delaney Walker looking unlikely to play as far as I can tell. And the tight end landscape is pretty bare. So um, we'll see what he does there. But I think uh, this will be a tough win for Andy to get and in kind of his last-ditch effort. That's right. Good analysis and good reporting. I don't really have anything to add. Uh, I would just say this, that I really respect Andy for not just phoning it in and calling it quits, but making legitimate ditch effort here to uh, make his team somewhat formidable and competitive because uh, it's not over till it's over. Absolutely. Speaking of calling it quits, let's talk about Ben. <laughs> I was and- so, so <laughs> hoping you were going to pick that up. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, that was the, the transition of my dreams. I was hoping you would sniff it out, and you did. Well done, my friend. Very <laughs> best, best friend, Pete. Ready oh. to spike my headset. Oh, well done. Just, All right. Well. <laughs> Just put it on a tee and just feel like I put it 325 oh. down the middle of the fairway. Oh, so. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. All right, carry on. Yep. So we'll talk about uh, Ben and Chris. Uh, both are, you know, needing wins. Chris is at three and four. He uh, really wants to make the playoffs. And so he's, you know, got himself in a position where, uh, you know, two weeks ago it was like, well, you've got to go five and two to have a chance. Um, and now he's, you know, one, two. So, um, now, now he needs to pick up like four, uh, go four and two the rest of the way or something like that. Right. Um, math is wrong there, but whatever it's, it's, it was, uh, I just didn't need to go like six and two. So now he needs to go four and two the rest of the way. Looked in like he'll have a good shot against Ben. Um, though Ben is surprisingly projected for 133 points, um, on, on his side. So looking at Ben's team, he does have Leonard Fournette and Le'Veon Bell. Both of them have not scored as high as they should have this right. year, considering how much volume they're getting. So I think they're kind of like a, a loaded cannon um, that could go off at any time. And if it's going to go off on any team, it might as well go off on Chris Windsor, who seems to have gotten the short end of the stick a lot this year. Um, and then Ben still got John Brown against Philadelphia. That's a great matchup in terms of wide receivers. Tyler Williams against Houston. If he plays, that's a great matchup. I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Corey Davis against Tampa Bay. That's a great matchup. So, I mean, these are like three dream matchup spots for wide receivers mm-hmm. for Ben. Um, if they, you know, if, if he did some out there and playing. But, um, so Ben still has the possibility for a really strong team, even though he's not doing anything to manage it at this point. Yeah, it's a legitimate projection. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... Put my put my reputation on the line and agree with ESPN that they're actually uh, giving him credit where credit is due. Uh, well, I say that they're giving the uh, lineup credit <laughs> where credit right. is due. Uh, it might have been a happenstance lineup, but uh, this will be interesting to see if everything goes right for Ben and a few things go wrong for Chris, then he could be in luck and hanging on. Uh, Stefan Diggs started off strong on Thursday night football and gave Chris a pretty nice little cushion. Uh, and so Ben definitely would have a wall to climb, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. 
Yeah, I mean, I could see this going wrong for Chris um, because I think Keenan Allen uh, might have had like a midweek injury. So in my opinion, he's probably unlikely to play at this point because he didn't practice today after I think he practiced yesterday. So, uh, you know, it's only Thursday here and uh, we'll see what happens with the Friday report and kind of the expectation for the weekend. Um, but I think that would certainly be a big blow to Chris if uh, Keenan Allen cannot play. Um, and then Christian McCaffrey is going to against San Francisco, who just squash all rushing games. And McCaffrey can hurt you in a lot of ways, uh, but on the road at San Francisco, it's going to be a kind of tough place for him to put up one of those monster games, in my opinion. So uh, I can see this going around for Chris because Ben does have some really good matchups. We will see. I'm looking forward to it. That leads us to uh, you or to me. Which one would you like to, uh, to discuss first, sir? Uh, we can go to me then. I'm playing Scott this week. We're projected for a lower point totals right now. I'm at 126. He's at 117, though he does have an empty flex spot. Um, looking at his team, if he were to slide in uh, someone from his bench, that would put him up at you know 125, 127, somewhere. So a very close game um, on paper. I am missing uh, my Ravens of Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. Uh, and Scott's also missing uh, Mark Andrews from Baltimore as well as uh, Michael Gallup from the Cowboys on, on bye week. So uh, we talked about injuries. It's also a pretty big week for uh, buys as well with, right. uh, with the, the Cowboys out uh, and the Ravens out. Um, some solid fantasy offenses there. So uh, we'll see what happens. I've got some question marks in my lineup. I've got Chase Edmonds plugged in there right now. Um, if David Johnson doesn't play, then I feel like that's a pretty good play, even though I think New Orleans has a really good defense, and I think Edmonds will have to do most of the work through uh, catching the ball instead of running the ball. Yep. Um, the, I think this is the first time I'm going to play Robbie Anderson this year. Uh, uh, yeah. He's fi- finally out of a, a bad stretch of his schedule, though rumors pop up today that he might be traded, which I think would hurt uh, hurt him because then he would be unlikely to play this weekend and he's got to learn the new offense and I think it takes a, a while for a wide receiver to get up to speed. We'll see what happens. I don't. I, I feel like my projection is uh, appropriately low. Um, I'm starting Ryan Tannehill at quarterback um, so if that tells you anything I think I'm, I deserve to be projected below 130 points where I am. Well, there are some interesting things at play within both of your teams. Obviously the bye week and I, I think that uh, Scott his only real option is probably, unless he's got to move somewhere going, probably Frank Gore. So projection totals will be a lot more similar, as you said. The uh, Drew Brees coming back really will be a difference maker for you. Um, the uh, Just the impact of him being back on the field and whether or not that's a shootout or not, and if uh, the response that we'll see from Arizona and how that plays out. The uh, you you've got your own little bye week blue going here too, uh, as well as a couple more questionables and uh, an IR occupation right now. This is a uh, probably more of a push matchup than you're comfortable with. Uh, I think on paper you do look better uh, with. I wouldn't say more upside, but maybe less questions uh, than he has right now, but. Uh, I would lean into your win, if only by a little. I think this is gonna be an ugly one. I think I, I, I mean, I don't even know if we're either of us are gonna hit our current projected totals. So, it might be a, a low-scoring, close matchup. All right. Well, those can be fun too. Yep. <laughs> the real, 
Yeah, Ryan, I'm just uh, happy Ryan that Ryan. happy that I'm looking at my opponent saying like, yeah, he'll probably be low strong too, as opposed <laughs> to uh, being lined up against uh, someone saying, wow, they're gonna crush it. So. Yeah, that's that's fair. Well, speaking of that, you want to hop over to my team? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your team's gonna crush it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know if you'll get Tremere back. Hopefully, you get Tremere back. Oh, he good practiced Lord, it, let it be. in a limited fashion today. Uh, so I think kind of need to see a, a full practice I from put him, him tomorrow. I put him on my board just to garnish some goodwill. Like, hey, we're we're counting yeah. on you, buddy. That's like my yeah. pat on the back. Yeah, I think I think they did those reports and realized, <laughs> hey, people you're, are starting. You're rostered on seventy percent of rosters. You are, <laughs> they are counting on you, buddy. I'm <laughs> <laughs> battle through this injury. Um, but it's also like a really good week for the Saints to not rush him back because they have a bye week next week. So um, if they want to get him fully healthy, they could. And then I can play Latavius Murray. I, I just I'm not saying <laughs> okay. edit that out and just on the off chance that uh, the front <laughs> office is listening. <laughs> that is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know why they would play Tamara this week. To be honest, they didn't, uh, you know, bye yeah, week yeah, next week, get him fully healthy, get ready for the playoffs. You know, they they don't think about these things in, in real life. Um, well, they also need to beat Arizona. Yeah, they can do that. They don't need him to do that. They just throw it to Michael Thomas twenty times. They'll be fine. Okay. Um, Matt Ryan should come back as well, even though I don't think he's practiced yet. Um, no, and he I think, threw around today. Okay, okay. So he's at a good spot at home against Seattle if he can finish the game, uh, unlike last week. And then I think, I mean, you're you're trying to heavy on the Patriots, but I don't. How is the Patriots defense projected for nine points? I mean, they're averaging what, like, twenty points. I, the, the that projected point total for the Patriots defense needs to be twice what it is. So, I, what's happened is they're sitting in the office in the the computers coming back and saying, "All right, projected score nineteen points or twenty points or whatever," and they're going, "Nah, this is the week it's going to finally come back, yeah. back down to earth." Everybody's been saying, "Oh, their schedule's been so easy." Oh, blah blah blah, blah blah. I'm not disputing that, but they keep on predicting the uh the fallback for instance the espn boom bust projection which uh, might be the most inaccurate statistic on the web page itself powered uh, by ibm watson powered by the smartest computer on earth uh has busted zero times out of seven and boomed <sighs> six out of seven which means that they have under projected six out of seven games and the only game i'm guessing that it didn't overly project or excuse me underly is that a word didn't nope. under under sure isn't. <laughs> <laughs> the only game it didn't under project would, would have been week one which i think was their lowest scoring week of the year at 10 points which is a great outing for a defense yep yeah so that that's r- ridiculous for them to only project it for nine points at home against cleveland who has had a bad offensive line all year and not really looked like they had a clue of what they were doing in any game except for one so uh, I think the Patriots defense could carry you to victory here again. Um, but this is another low-scoring matchup. I mean, yeah, um, it's not high. Chewie's got one, uh, Jared Trichton there. It looks like he's not going to play. So um, he's missing a point total from a projection, but he's at 113. You're at 127. So probably be projected pretty close and probably be ugly. But I, I like your side a lot better um, if Kamara plays. If Kamara plays. That's, that is... Really significant because I mean, what am I gonna do? Throw Damian Williams in there and hope for a touchdown. Uh, that's really the only option that I would probably have. I guess Miles Sanders would be in the same boat, but uh, I'd have to look at the uh, Green Bay versus Buffalo consideration in that regard. But 
All that to uh, you say, could you could go outside running back too because you could move Jordan Howard out of the flex into the running back spot, and then you could do a someone in the flex spot. But um, that doesn't really help your situation a lot with the current roster construction. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, I rolled dice on a couple of tight end pickups, waiting to see who would rise to the the top. But nobody tends to be booing up right now in the tight end position, and so I'm just hanging yeah. on for hanging on sake. Yeah, you're just waiting for Zach Ertz to blow out his knee so you've got Goddard <laughs> there to something dominate something yeah all right so now let's talk about the game of the week and talk about brock and michael's matchup we will talk about michael and uh he's off to a good start so far because he had dalvin cook who put up 28 points tonight facing off against brock and um, a pretty even matchup here both teams are four and three um, projected within a pretty uh, similar score, both before and after Cook's performance tonight. I think Michael started out uh, uh, underdog by about a point and a half. Now he's favored by two points. So um, looking like a, a good matchup. Uh, Brock's got hit all his Houston players at home against Oakland. Um, that's a great spot for them. He does. He did not have Will Fuller, so all his Houston players uh, should benefit from Will Fuller's absence now. Um, Michael Thomas going up against Arizona looks like a pretty good matchup at home there as well with Drew Brees possibly say, coming there's back. Possibility that that the arm might be back in play. So. Yep. And then he's got a couple of Lions at home versus the Giants and Robert Woods at home versus Cincinnati. I mean, there's really just good matchups across the board yeah, for Brock like to this like team it. this week. So I think this is probably one of the higher projected totals we've seen for Brock in a while, and it looks like it is justified to me. Yeah, and with Dalvin Cook's stellar performance tonight, nearly 100 yards and that touchdown, it brings Michael's projection up into the same realm, and so we end up with a pretty strong push between the two of them based on the jump start of Thursday night football. I'm not convinced that that will be enough this week, although Michael is on a little bit of a hot streak. And so everything that I have expected has yet to fall back to center. I don't, I don't think that Cooper cup uh, and Brandon cooks are going to do well this week. Um, Carlos Hyde is up against Oakland this week and, and that's a pretty enticing matchup. Anyway, this is going to be a fun one to watch. You may have accidentally started with the game of the week. Uh, I, I may have accidentally <laughs> clicked on the game of the week. You're right. Uh, yeah, there's um, so Michael's got three Rams uh, with Cooks, Cup, and Everett, and Brock's mm-hmm. got Robert Woods. They both have a Houston running back, so there's just a lot of similarities between these two teams and kind of players from the same game, same team. So, might be just which of these guys did the, gets the touchdown uh, to decide this matchup. Yeah. So, and I'll be most excited be to watch. Obviously, Houston and, and uh, Rams are two of the bigger games for the week, but uh, the uh, I'm excited to watch New Orleans battle Arizona this week. That to me is going to be a very significant game for this matchup in particular. Uh, yes, it will. And that'll be interesting to see. I think Arizona's won like three games in a row mm-hmm. in real life. And uh, this will be <laughs> certainly be their hardest test. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to clarify when we're talking about real life. Cause uh, I know we do. This is the world really we live in. <laughs> That's but, right. That's right. But, uh, but this this, this will be fun. the hardest test for them going into New Orleans. Yeah. And, they're, and, and you've got Brock with Saints defense with Kyler Murray yeah. against them over on Michael's side. So just... Very significant matchups between a, a handful of games here for this high score boxing match. Yep, all kinds of drama in this one. This will be. This will be. And right, you are. <laughs> <laughs> great, 
consideration, great analysis. Way to save best for last. Definitely quite a bit of drama to be considered and to be looking for there. Looking forward to that one. Uh, Pete, Commissioner. Uh, quiet has been the trade conversations of late. What do you make of the current trade economy of the league and chatter overall? I don't know. It's really uh, kind of confusing, especially when you've got four teams that are way up against it in the standings. Maybe they're biding their time to um, see, you know, to really get some strong offers, especially in terms of future keepers. Right. I don't think we've quite hit that part of the trade waters of the keeper discussion no. being involved. It's still more of what's going to help me this year. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think, Maybe after this podcast, some will realize, oh, I'm really not, I'm kind of out of it. <laughs> <Not> uh, <laughs> I really need to, really need to start thinking Astros yeah. long term. Yeah. So, so maybe ne- next week we start to see some more rebuilding efforts uh-huh. um, and that will help stoke the trade fires. But uh, still, we've had an active year in terms of trading and I expect there'll be uh, many more to be done. I think now I don't want to misspeak because. It's happened before where I've got the date wrong. Oh, good and lord! There, yes, there have, there have been claims of All right. uh, a terrible commissioner who's trying to ruin the league because the trade uh, deadline. yeah, because I I read a or I read the date wrong or understood the date to be uh, a, a different day. I believe the trade deadline is the day before Thanksgiving. We're gonna, now we're gonna pause everyone go now. look Hang it up on. yourself. <laughs> go look it up yourself. Don't take my uh, word for it. This station is going to take a uh, a five second radio identification timeout as it is, as this information is verified. Uh, I don't even want to look it up. Just go look <laughs> it up yourself. If you can't figure out where it is, you don't deserve to know, right? So that's fair. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's somewhere around Thanksgiving, the day before, possibly. So that leaves us about a month to to make trades, which is really quite a bit of time because um, you know that's two thirds of the regular season remaining. Um, so trade deadline's pretty late in the season, and so there can be lots of moves made, especially in terms of potential keepers. I mean, Chase Edmonds is looking really good as a potential keeper right now, and I got him for zero. And I mean, uh, Latavius Murray for zero too. Oh, you should probably stop me. I'm like advertising my own trade block here. <laughs> well, it's our podium. We can do whatever the heck we want. Ah, uh, you're right. I do have a question for you on the transaction counter based on the. Uh, information that we have from the last seven weeks, we're getting a running count of the amount of trades, acquisitions, drops, activations, and IR slot fills. Uh, Derek, surprisingly, has the most IRs, uh, which I would not have guessed. I'm uh, right behind him, tied with uh, Scott with four. Uh, Many of the teams have had one or two, nothing too significant there, but there is a wide stretch between the most acquisitions and the least acquisitions. The most acquisitions on the board for this year is currently sitting at 36. The least acquisitions per team is currently sitting at five. Care to take a guess at who is who? The most is Chris Windsor. Chris Windsor is currently sitting at 28 acquisitions. He has, I can't sort this list based on what I'm looking at, but it looks like he has, uh, well, no, yeah, just just two above him, including Scott, who's at 31. Oh, okay, so uh, Chris, not Scott. Uh, Jared. Nope. 
Jared actually is uh, sitting at the low end of the scale, not the lowest, but he's got 21 acquisitions. Mm, me. It is you, sir. 36 acquisitions yeah. across three trades, 35 drops, and then 44 activations, which I confess I have no idea what that means. I don't know. But see, that's what happens when you draft a bad team, is you have to then make a lot of moves <laughs> to fix it. <laughs> Man. That's, that's like scrubbing your team twice, though. Yeah, well, I mean... No one did comfortable. Got to perform. <laughs> Fair enough. Or you're out. <laughs> Seriously. There is nobody indispensable at Raymond Hessel's breakfast. <laughs> you're moving up or you're moving out. Care to no. guess who has the least acquisitions? Is it still you? It's not. I'm actually in second to last with seven, okay. seven acquisitions. You feeling okay? I feel great. You I must feel... have been really busy these past few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> to go from one to something... I... Uh, not the least. I would have uh, liked to have been in on the action this week and to throw in my budget around a little bit. Uh, I was on a, a plane or in a airport for 48 hours between Monday and Wednesday, and uh, it was miserable. And Sounds like a lot of time to sit and stare at your phone. I didn't and, uh, have any connection <laughs> anywhere. Uh, it was miserable. It was awful. Oh, wow. wow. And by the time I got on the ground... It was 3.30. I'd missed the, the actual 3.30 a.m. I had missed the actual uh, auction oh, yeah. draft, like the whatever, the execution point. Yeah, you, t- you just scooped up everyone for free, though, uh, who was still remaining with no competition. Yeah, I could have done that, but remember, yeah. remember the jet lag? Remember the uh, the, the synapses weren't firing? <laughs> might, it might have made some very questionable moves. Exactly. My judgment, I felt like I was like looking at it. I was like, I don't think this is, is this a good move? I need to ask somebody. I, I don't know if this is an intelligent move or not. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think straight. Ask someone in Europe for fantasy football advice. Yep. So who's sitting at number five behind me? Um, ben? Derek. Derek. Although, good guess on Ben. Uh, kicking a man while he's down. Ben actually has done 13 transactions, so not quite right. the lowest. He's he's actually fourth lowest, uh, Chewy being at third lowest, followed by me and then Derek taking the cake. Interesting. So, yeah, you and Derek just drafted great teams. So That's right. Five and two with only making 12 moves That's combined right. since. Thank well you, done. Thank you for pointing that out. Also, I'm doomed. <laughs> I mean, complacency is a great thing. It's it's confidence. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, we shall see. <laughs> Indeed, we, we shall, shall see. Because it's the greatest fantasy football league in the world. And this is its podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. We may have to just edit this into the back end of the podcast and say, all right, you ready to go to the game of the week? Yeah, okay, Uh, let's go. Do it. Yep. (laughs) I liked it. Good thing. All right. Well, killed it. (laughs) We had some good uh, good one-liners in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a laughing one. For sure. sure. Uh, Got a pee. Woo.
This is, excuse me, burped. <laughs> Good thing I got this puff screen on this mic. <laughs> would really pe- would the, puff the whole dang thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 